I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Cajun Podcast. It is, of course, the 6th of May 2020, which marks that just two days ago we got the fantastic news that Nick Cage will be playing Joe Exotic in the CBS 8 Pass series based on the life of the Tiger King. And I, for one... Um, ecstatic about this. So it's, it's genuinely a casting choice that I didn't even think about at all uh, when it was first bounded about that there was potential that this would be turned into some kind of drama comedy adaptation. I thought, wow, it's obviously got to be someone else. Uh, David Spade, I know, has been bounded around a lot, as has Danny McBride, but. To think of Nicolas Cage as this role as Joe Exotic is just something that I don't think we've ever seen him do. That kind of character, just for one, him even playing a queer character is something completely out of the box for Nicolas Cage. And I personally think it comes on the back of this kind of resurgence he's having by taking interesting roles and doing interesting things with them. Uh, Even if we look back just a couple of years to... Panos Cosmotis's Mandy, or even like some of the work he has coming up. So uh, Willy's Wonderland that's uh, scheduled to come out this year. God knows whether we'll actually be able to see it. Or even Prisoners of Ghostland, uh, which, yeah, is going to be directed by Japanese director Sion Sono that just looks like it's going to be crazy. Just And Nick Cage himself said that's one of the craziest things he's ever done, which is a big thing coming from him. So... This role as Joe Exotic could be really interesting. I've already seen online there's a lot of deriders, a lot of haters on on the subject. Um, As I've always said on this podcast, I I never went into this as kind of some kind of Nick Cage fanatic. I've I've been won over by the guy. And I will find it really interesting to see what he does with the role. Um, And... It's, yeah, it's going to mean uh, some longevity in this podcast. So that's a whole new territory we will be delving into in the fact that it will be his first TV role. 
which is a fascinating landscape anyway at the moment. It seems TV, there's so much interesting stuff going on, whether that's uh, Succession or even in the comedy world, mentioning Danny McBride. So uh, The Righteous Gemstones, which I think if it went for that kind of tone could be done really well. And it's my initial thoughts when this was kind of being banded around that this was a potential series. I thought the kind of Jodie Hill, uh, David Gordon Green, Danny McBride trio could do something really interesting with that property. But obviously this is CBS and it's going to be by the showrunner of American Vandal, the Netflix um, series. So yeah. And it's different to the Kate McKinnon um, scripted one. That's going to be based on the Wondery podcast series. So I'm just going to, until we hear something new, I guess we're all just going to have to keep keep our, keep our a lid on it and just see what happens. But yeah, I'm, I want to say I'm really excited. And if you're excited, or even if you hate the prospect of Nick Cage playing Joe Exotic, please drop me a line on social media. So it's at Caged in Pod, wherever you find that. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, or cagedinpod at gmail.com. Just, just, just tip-tap type me a little email and we'll have a little chat about what you guys think i'd love to be able to hear it and i'd love to just have the conversation with you guys so today we will be looking at season of the witch and i had the absolute pleasure of being joined by joe gardner of tonight with bob and joe uh, which is a fantastic podcast if you guys haven't listened you can find those guys wherever they've actually just relaunched a new series uh, called the infinite pub crawl which you can watch on youtube um and it's great. It's a great concept. They had this idea that they wanted to drink in every pub in Brighton Town. Obviously, that has been put on hold for the time being with everything that's going on. And there may not be all the pubs that they once wanted to drink in available once this pandemic is over. But they have got 12 episodes in the bag already and they will be releasing those. And I, I recommend them wholeheartedly. They're fantastic guys. They've been ever so supportive of this podcast since we met and both of them have guested on on the podcast bob especially uh, has guested on the podcast but today i have the absolute pleasure of having joe on the podcast but before we see what this slice of mystery magic has to offer and around the cage in this time period seems to be dipping around then obviously last week we had sorcerer's apprentice where nick cage played the 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 titular sorcerer this week however he plays a crusader in season of the witch but before you hear me and joe talk about it obviously i have to look to some magic of my own i have to look at the anagram hunter and see what he has to say about this movie and does it predict whether this will be a good movie or a bad movie so the anagram this week for season of the witch is the fast show on ice i believe this is a reference to the popular british sketch comedy show from the 1990s starring paul whitehouse charlie hickson simon day mark williams john thomas arabella weir and caroline uh-huh. is this a mystic vision of what season of the witch will behold upon us 
Uh, from looking at the DVD case and the poster, there's a lot of fire. So I don't know whether Cage will be on ice, and I'm not sure if we'll get to see Arabella Weir or Paul Whitehouse at all. But there's only one way to find out, and that's to watch the movie. And I will obviously tell you at the end whether Far Show on Ice gives us any indication whether this will be a good thing or whether it would have been much better to watch Far Show on Ice as opposed to Season of the Witch. As always, you can check out what the Anagram Hunter is doing up on Twitter, and that is Thomas underscore W underscore Hunter for all of your Anagram needs. So with that out of the way, it's time to do one thing, and that's to get Raging with Cage. Two unlikely partners leave their posts, soon to be punished unless they do what a shady organization tell them to do, tasked with the transportation of a misunderstood girl from one town to another. Mishaps ensue. No, I'm not talking about a number of 80s buddy cop movies. Of course, I'm talking about the crusade-set horror-inflected action-adventure movie Season of the Witch. Cage is back in the realms of magic after Sorcerer's Apprentice from the same year. He's not the only one. I have the returning guest and tonight with host Joe Gardner with me. How are you, Joe? That was fantastic, man. That was great. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm 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 holding up all right. I'm uh Yeah. I'm doing a lot of lot of record yeah, doing a lot of this, doing a yeah, lot of Yeah, you should be. Should be. I listened to um I listened to your last one today, I think. Did you put that out today? Um, yeah, I put out two this week. So uh, yeah, recently, it was the one today. I've recently started. Um, for those of you who might not have listened, a new like series of interviews. So like every maybe fortnight, uh, I'll release like a little interview special with weird and wonderful people I've found who have some link to Nicolas Cage. And stuff. yeah, I love it. I love <laughs> it. I really love that guy. He's a cool guy. So Joe, before we get on with season of the witch. Um, I'll say it's season of the witch, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I should I should have maybe asked you this before because you are, as I said, you are a returning guest. But are you a Nicolas Cage fan? Yeah, man. Yeah, I am a Nicolas Cage fan. But I, I don't know. You know, obviously talking to you, you're the you're the Nick Cage, <laughs> like you're the enthusiast. I, I don't know. I don't know much about him, and I don't even know if I've seen many of his movies, really. Like the ones that come to mind are ones I've watched with you and um, <laughs> or, or because you've told me to. And then um, apart from like Wild at Heart, I've seen Wild at Heart. That's awesome. Uh, what yeah, else? I love a, him, man. Wild at Heart is very much like a, a staple for especially gentlemen of our age and of our demographic of uh, yeah. quote unquote trying to be cool guys. Yeah, like, yeah. You've got you've got the trifecta of David Lynch <laughs> and Nicolas Cage doing an Elvis impersonation for like what's not to love, right? So, yeah, so like yeah, I lo- I really do like Nicolas Cage, but I don't know much about him. And also, the more movies I watch of his, it's never it's never with him. It's never a, a problem with him or his acting particularly, but it is usually a problem in wh- where he is, what he's doing. Why is he doing this movie? I thought he was like, in my mind, I think Cage is just like right at the top there, like proper A-list, like super celeb actor of our generation. And then you see him in like utter trash that makes no sense. But I'm fascinated well, with it. 
Well, this is one of them. And uh, like looking at the cast and like just looking at the premise of this, it should be gold. Do you know what I mean? Like, Man, that's what I thought. I thought it was going to be really good. I couldn't believe it was in it. Yeah, they kept popping up. Apart from, like, Nicolas Cage, we have Ron Perlman, Stephen Graham, Stephen Campbell Moore, who plays the, uh, uh, I think, the monk with the fantastic haircut. The uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. We have, like, Claire Foy in her first ever performance as the witch of the title. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah we'll get into that. And Robert Sheehan, who obviously like made his name on uh, British TV as yeah, I know him as Misfits guy, the Misfits yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've got a, I've got a little story, maybe about him, not a story, but I think my brother went on a stag do, and that actor was on the stag do with them. Fantastic. And uh, and apparently he was comp- like a complete asset to stag material. He was a total lunatic, apparently, which is I'm sure what you're after on a stag. That is fantastic. Like, yeah. I would love to have heard. Like, I'd love to hear if there's any like stories of him and Cage on the set of this or something. But from the performance we get from Nicolas Cage, I don't know. He seems very toned down from the Nick Cage that I know. Especially, I was gonna. Cage. Yeah, I, that's a really that's that's it. It's basically he's not doing anything. He's really <laughs> quiet, Cage, and you're like, what's going on with this? So yeah, to like start from the beginning really like we're not yeah not just break it down beat for beat but like first of all where this is set so it's like in the uh it's like uh 1235 ad like around that time during the height of the crusades yeah yeah but the thing that i found baffling about this film like to start off with is just like it doesn't know what kind of film it wants to be like we have these fight sequences like battle sequences of the crusades that almost look like the immortals or like 300 this kind of glossy cgi uh, uh-huh. landscapes are just like a, a multitude of like yeah like it's got this it's got this gladiator thing going on i mean it's certainly no gladiator but it's got it's got these big groups of people fighting i mean you're certainly right in it, not knowing what what it does. I noticed that in the first, like in that first bit where it starts off, and you've kind of got Cage and Perlman, and they're sort of like chummy knights. They're like obviously really good, obviously massive, and they're like best mates, and they're like talking like, you know, who's good, whoever kills the least, pay gets the drinks tonight. You know, you well, see yeah. that? Yeah, I think the first thing that like really stood out to me was. Um... Ron Perlman has like a perfect haircut, and Nick Cage. Is, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful haircut, is man. It's it's grown out, but it's bleached. It's yeah, clearly it's like bleached. Golden blonde locks. Like, do you know where they are in the Crusades? Because I don't know if I recognise the names of the places, or or if they're like ye olde names, and it's just fict, fictitious. Sort of like, as they would call what they, I don't know, barbarian lands or whatever crusaders thought they were up to. I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess I guess they are real, like they would have been real places or I don't know if they are completely fictitious. Like, yeah, a lot of them, like not to insult any other cultures, but just look like a mash of like con- too many consonants next to each other. And I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. that doesn't even look like a- it looks like someone's exactly. a keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> it's that kind of thing. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I, they did, I didn't recognise any of those names, yeah. 
But yeah, and then it gets, it, then it cuts to they're having this huge brawl and they're like chopping people up and it's not even good chopping. So there's no, it's not like Braveheart or anything like that. It's it's no good. And then it cuts to the pub and they're just wildly laughing with prostitutes all over them for just a second. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then back again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I was fucking, I was cracking up immediately. We see them, we see them fighting through the seasons, don't we? Like, <laughs> yeah. like just kind of. <laughs> and like the years rolling by, but it just kind of their their interaction together just like I said in the intro, like harkened me back to like a kind of like Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy in like forty eight <laughs> hours or or, or or Riggs and Murtor in Lethal Weapon. And it's like I totally get what you're saying, yeah. It's like it it doesn't quite make sense. Like some people are very much speaking in the dialect of the time. Like Hello, sir. Yes, um, ye come forward now, and 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 then there's these two kind of going like, oh, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he goes to him. He goes, um, you ever get that feeling that God has too many enemies <laughs> whilst they're fighting because they have to essentially they have to kill everyone, and then he's like, ah. Oh. I can't remember what he says, actually. Nick replies, he's like, being his friend ain't too easy either. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, so we've got this, one, we've got this historical backdrop. Then we've got this hard-boiled cop, like, dialogue that just doesn't meld together. And yeah. then this, like, plot that is something straight out of, like, I don't know, it felt to me very much like an episode of something this is completely bizarre man a very thin plot for a film it is travel from point a to point b with a witch so they basically they leave don't they these two leave um i don't i can't remember how your show works should i not give too much up or it doesn't really matter oh we could spoil it out yeah we could yeah Yeah, yeah. so these guys these guys leave the crusades because they're sick of killing the people that the Crusades have to kill. Nick Nick and Pearlman are like, they throw that to the wind. But then they get caught for being people that have left the Crusades and then they get charged to take this witch that's brought on, which I thought, you know, a plague. It's all about a plague that's plaguing the place, you know. And um, they ha- they think it's the witch. So they take the witch from here to some other monks and they have to do it. Otherwise, they're going to be killed for treason or whatever, right? Well, well I that's got- it. Excited as well because whilst looking at the cast list for this before watching it, I was like, "Oh, Christopher Lee's in it." <laughs> I don't even know if I, if I can remember him in it. Well, Christopher Lee is the cardinal who sends them on their mission. To be fair, that that bit isn't that bad. I mean, he had some brilliant makeup on as well. That but was that, grim. That that's the thing. You've got Christopher Lee. He's like literally laying down. Like I, I, I get he was old at this point, um, but he's laying down under a two-ton of prosthetics, and it's like it's a blink in your miss it performance. Like I didn't even know it was him. I didn't know it was him, man. And also, what's weird about that? I think they had like all these. It's very like occult-ish. Like so, it goes from being sort of schlocky. And then all of a sudden, there's like all of these masks, like those dick nose mask guys, like the monks around. And you're like, whoa, is this going to get interesting? And it doesn't. It doesn't. You're like, oh, no, they took them all off. They take all their masks off. It, yeah. And then it's it kind strange. of like when they decide they're going to they're take the quest because they'll get pardoned. Then it like does another left turn into like I don't, the 
Lord of the Rings almost, where they're kind yeah, of totally. like getting the gang together to go on <laughs> their merry way. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Like, like... And it's, yeah, like that, that's when we're introduced to Stephen Graham's character, like a fantastic actor, like in his own right. Mm-hmm. But in this, massively underutilized and just yeah. kind of like. Yeah, you could put that underutilized all the way through, in fact, because Cage, it gets to about an hour in or something, and you you realize that Cage hasn't done anything Cage-like. And you think, what kind of director doesn't use a ca- use the Cage, man? Like, use him. Well, what is, what's really interesting about that as well is this is uh, directed by Dominic Senna, who actually directed right. Gone in 60 Seconds. Ah, so he is... Yeah. He has had the good pleasure of working with Nick Cage before and knows knows the capabilities of the man. Yet he just kind of like felt like gets him to do nothing. The only thing I can think to that point is this film underwent serious serious reshoots. Oh man, you can you can it, it, it's all over it. You can tell not only reshoots, but there must have once been a script that was nothing like this one and then loads of people just got on the bandwagon for maybe a, a couple of weeks of writing and went yeah let's just add that in and oh let's just change that and because essentially it's a witch film you, you, you're led to believe that this this girl it may or may not be a witch and pretty quickly they show you that she is you know supernatural in some sense and you're like mm, okay this might be quite cool and it's all about the witch hunts and stuff like that which i think is you know a cool topic i mean it's actually it's actually um, what's it called? It's like the it's like the Wiccas, you know, like a Wiccan, yeah, the witches. Yeah. yeah, it's the Wiccan uh, May Day today. Oh yeah, you know, of I know course. it's May yeah, Day, yeah. but they call it Bell Beltan or something like Happy Beltan <laughs> from uh, from the pagans of the country, which is great. And and then, I mean, I don't know how quickly you want to get into it because basically nothing happens until the end. Well, let's get not... let's get into that because the end. I very much felt like I was watching an episode of Buffy. <laughs> I couldn't believe what happened. I just, I couldn't believe what was going on. Like there we are with like these, we're there with the witches and some adventurous type things have happened. Nothing at all. Nick hasn't basically done anything. I think he shouted once for a second and I thought, oh God, we're going to, no. And then there's nothing. But yeah. And then all of a sudden you find out she's not actually even a witch, right? That's, that's what happens. So, yeah, it's, it's, it was a possession story all along, because along their yeah. way as well, all it is is just a poor excuse to kind of do a, like, picking off each kind of, like, lesser-known character. One of them, I had no idea who he was until I was like, oh, oh wait a second, this guy's talking a lot about his daughter. <laughs> Why are they building him up? Why are they building up this character? Oh, it's because he's going to die. Yeah, he's, he's he's he wasn't established in the first half hour of the film. All of a sudden, they're giving him like loads of backstory really quickly, and it's just yeah. an excuse for the the demon in in the guise of this woman to. That's when I really knew it was a yeah. That's when I really knew it was a bad film. When when if they'd just gone along with the witch aspect, they could have really at least had a film about witches, about witch hunting. I mean. What I was going to say is, like, it, it, it turns out that it's an exorcism. They need to do an exorcism because it's actually not a witch. At one point, before you find out that it's not a witch, really, 
she turns into what looks like a bat and you think, is she a fucking vampire? What is going on in this fucking film? Right, it's just throwing, like, they're throwing holy water over everyone and you're like, I don't know what's going on here. And then, I mean, what would you have done if you had Nicolas Cage and there was like, they said, let's have a witch, let's make a witch film. Let's make a film about the witch hunts with Nicolas Cage. There's so many great ideas you could go with that. You know? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you look, you look at um, Robert Eggers' The Witch, right? Um, which is like a really like done in period dialect, very like austere and like dark film about like witches living in the woods and like corrupting right. people and stuff like that. Like very like on the yeah, that sounds on the, on the border of art house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas this is just kind of. I don't know. It it's it's like a bad computer game by the end of it, right? Like like we we Full get on, yeah. We get these CGI sequences. We get these possessed monks like coming at them, and there's this terrible, terrible CGI. Like I don't know. It, it's not like a puff of smoke, but they they realise very quickly. And I think Ron Perlman like says like, "You gotta take off the head," and like they. Oh my like, god! Yeah, yeah. He's like they're like cockroaches. Yeah, again, again, like <laughs> hard, hard-boiled New York detective speech. Not yeah, it's difficult, man, because it really it, it that is what lets it down the most. Whoever's messed with the it's like a producer came in halfway and said, "We don't like any of this." Right, he's going to be a demon now. We're getting the Buffy guy to make him <laughs> make a demon out of it. And there's some demon wolves at some point that that's super Buffy. I know what you mean by that. Like their faces get turn exactly into those buffy vampires you know yeah. how they used to do that yeah well there's that moment as well the the like demon when they get to severac is looks exactly the same but in gray as tim curry in the <laughs> like um <laughs> in the ridley scott film legend with tom cruise if you've ever seen that where he plays a lucifer I haven't. no i haven't but in a horrible gray but worse and legend came out in 1980 <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i don't know but what's i mean cage like many films that cage is in at least that i've seen is is somehow carrying carrying the film somehow still i'm not sure how he's not really doing much but he's still keeping it going and maybe even it's it's strange plot twists and awful decisions that somehow kept me watching it as well it, I don't know why. I thought, oh, what are they actually going to do now? This. Well, I almost feel bad for Cage because I, I had a look into it, and he learnt to ride a horse and did like expen- like extensive training in like sword fighting for this film. And it's Great. like, wow, like <laughs> you did all of that for this? Yeah, yeah. Gutted on the Misfits dude as well because he's in a film with Cage, and then you know. It's got a five. What has it got on IMBD? Do you know? It's like five point four. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's too kind. That's too kind. Rotten Tomatoes eleven percent. So like, <laughs> I, yeah. Like again, something that this is supposed to be inspired by is Ingmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal. I really think like if that were the case, and they were kind of going for like a Bergman aesthetic and that kind of filmmaking, this could have been a really interesting, that's what I mean. All the pieces are there in the fact that the location, 
the setting, the subject matter. Uh-huh. It's really interesting stuff. Like looking at like the the poster for this and kind of like going, oh, cage in a film about like wit like witches in like the crusades it's like exactly it's yeah. pretty fucking cool like yeah. it's a bit of a departure we've never really seen, yeah. seen him do anything like like period and like, what's up the, until I, this point like it's about it, it's kind of that they, they kill once they've got rid of this um they think that this witch is bringing on it's not a witch is it it's a demon that it's bringing on the plague right so it's about nick cage having to save the world from from the plague which um, we need, we need him now yes. in real life. We need, <laughs> we need him. Out, we need him out there doing his cagey stuff. But yeah, um, it is. It's a terrible ending. It's a. Ter- it, I wouldn't watch it again, but I would actually urge people to watch it because if you're one of those people that likes to watch sort of like those kind of cra- those kind of crappy films that make you laugh, they're so bad. I think it can be put into that ca- category. It's not bad enough to just be like total trash, but it's actually so bad it's pretty funny. I was I was lolling, man. Like for sure, I was actually laughing out loud at some of the most serious points of the film. Oh, definitely. Um, well, yeah. I've actually got a clip of Nick Nick himself talking about the story of this film. Uh, yeah, here we go. Let's have a let, oh. let's have it from the horse's mouth. What what Brilliant. he kind of thinks is going on. The adventure is that he has to deliver this alleged witch, this young girl played by Clara Foy, to the Abbey of Severac for an exorcism. He looks so depressed. And the church wants him to do that one last time, even though he has uh, renounced his uh, connection with the church. And he does it because he doesn't want them to do what he thinks they're going to do, which is give her an unfair trial and kill her anyway. And uh, along the way, uh, things begin to happen, uh, spooky things. Uh, she starts to uh, become something other than what he initially believed, which is that she was just a puppet to be slain to help calm people's fears about the plague. Uh, but it turns out that she has some, some other power that uh, he really didn't count on. So that, wow. what he, what, like he sounds as confused as we do. He right? sounds super confused about that. Like that, how, how did anyone get that in a an elevator pitch or whatever? You know, how did that film get made? That it must be like you say, it must be it got the green light, and then all of a sudden, just loads of people came in and just messed around with it, or they did loads of reshoots and because it's completely bizarre. Well, the reshoots were actually done by Brett Ratner, of all people as well. <laughs> like Someone who's, right. who's got like some kind of like pedigree in filmmaking. Like he's, again, someone who worked with, worked with Cage and he brought in his own like editor to kind of, from, from the sound of it, he brought in his editor right. to kind of salvage what they had because, which is never a good sign. It sounds no. like this like, it's a real shame. Like this film was, it came out in January 2011, and like January is notoriously known uh, as like kind of being like a bit of a, a bit of a dumping ground for a lot of, right, yeah, a lot of trash. Really, do you know what I mean? You either have, yeah, you either have the like Oscar fair in the UK, like the kind of stuff, like yeah, that's gonna mm-hmm. be gonna be nominated for the Oscars, 
or you kind of have stuff that they want to just get rid of like like we spent all this money making it let's just release it like it will get lost in the fray like uh, uh, against all these yeah like serious awards contenders (laughs) shame man shame i mean he's got they've got it's got a good thing in the if they were I mean, actually, no, it's from the beginning, from the very beginning, it it sort of ruins the witchiness about it immediately because that buffiness you're talking about comes out in the very first scene before you see Cage. And then by the end of it, because, I mean, like what I keep thinking about with this film is how good a different witch film, like, uh, you know, even just something as popular as, like, the Salem Trials or something like that, how good that would be with Cage in it. Or, or any ideas. I mean, any idea apart from that that idea yeah. it, it would be better. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about it. Well, like, he wants, yeah, yeah. He said himself, like he was attracted to the project because he saw it as a tribute to the movies of Roger Corman from like the 1960s, like a lot of stuff that would have starred Christopher Lee. And Vincent Price. And then when sure, he saw that sure. Christopher Lee was going to be in the movie, he was like, well, I'm sold. He's, yeah, yeah. I mean, you would be, wouldn't you? Like, you would be. You'd think, man, this is going to be brilliant. Which, of course, there's a, there's a connection between those two then, isn't there? With the, um, with the Wicker Man, right? Is that Christopher yes. Lee? There well, is, isn't it? The Wicker, he's in the original Wicker Man. Yeah, of course. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Nicolas Cage is in the remake of the Wicker Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so I guess yeah, that this is the chance that they came full circle. So you can see why he wanted at least to like be in the same movie as him, man. Yeah. It's, that is, that, you know, I ended up looking into witches. Generally. Oh, per- perfect. Yeah, I want right. to hear your... I found some crazy stuff about witches, man. I mean... Firstly, because my um, other half is from Exeter, and um, that's where the last the last witch was hung in England. Wow! Um, they've they've got a you know like a memorial to her there. Yeah, she was called she was called Alice, which is the same name as my other half. So she really <laughs> loves that. Yeah, that but that was quite a long time ago, man. So which is good. But the, then I found out that a witch was. A woman was arrested in 1944 in the UK and jailed for nine months under sort of witchcraft, basically. She was a woman that did seances. And, oh. um, yeah, it's an incredible story. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, she, she, what was, she, she would do seances for people. And I think she did a, a sort of, she was a spirit medium. And she did a seance for this couple whose son was an, in the Navy and he was on a boat. And she told them that the boat had sunk and that the guy was dead. And then when the military found out about it, they arrested her because that boat had in fact sunk, but they hadn't released the documents because they wanted to keep morale up. So they thought she was like a spy and they arrested her for nine months That's just, <laughs> for witchcraft. That is... Ins- bit, oh, no. That is... See, see that, that, that story you just told me is better than the plot of this film. Without a doubt, that's what I mean. Yeah, her name was Helen Duncan. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Cage could have played the father of the couple. That I don't know. Well, yeah, if you had turned round to me and said that, like, oh, and then then it turned out that 
actually she was possessed by a demon. I, oh, fuck <laughs> off. Like, which is very much how I felt about it. Like, when it got to that point, I was like, you're having your cake and eating it because this is either either you're just adding to the thing of like a what like do you know what I mean she is a witch so then all, all, all the all the suspicions are right anyway yeah, and then or, or it's you get to the end and she's not a witch and it's just it's just quite it's quite I don't know it's like a deflated balloon by the end of it whereas like they kind of get to have their cake and eat it because like we get the paranormal we don't like we don't get the like we don't get the disappointing ending by just her bit like she is a witch. Yeah. So here's this we we need a twist. Oh, it's this fucking blob of CGI like bat thing. And even the way they ha even the way they like kill, like the way to defeat it is terrible. Like it, I I felt like Yeah. I was, like, yeah. It's... Well, at the at the same point, so that bit at the end, so you've got you've got the witch who now isn't a witch, and she just flew off like a bat. Is she a vampire? And then a few minutes later, you've got this big, like Buffy CGI devil thing with wings, and then he somehow possesses all of the dead monks with the plague. So then you've got zombie dead monks <laughs> with the plague running around, like stabbing people with crucifixes. I mean, it's just with Cage dressed up like a crusader with his sword training, thinking, how, how did I get here? I mean, you got to wonder, man. It's, it, it really is a, really is such an interesting dude. I mean, what <laughs> Well, and and his fate in this, like, what that's the one thing I didn't see happening is both, like, first of all, like, Ron Perlman gets hugged by the demon (laughs) (laughs) and and burns to ashes in a matter of minutes. Yeah, 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 and then, um, yeah, go on, yeah. And then, like, yeah, the way to defeat this demon is to just recite a passage from the Bible. It's so lukewarm, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure um, Cage, Cage, after seeing um, the demon hug Perlman to death, Cage essentially is trying to do the same thing back to the demon. He's, like, hugging him while Misfits guy reads. Well, yeah. he, like, it is pretty, it is like a pretty cool moment when he, like, stabs the demon in both wings with like these kind of crucifix looking yeah. knives yeah that's all, the bit all of a sudden he's become a ninja turtle and he's got <laughs> these kind of two knives in his back pockets yeah proper leonardo and then it's like yeah holding the demon up against what whilst he recites a bible passage and it's just like come on do you know what i mean it's just a bit i'm <laughs> like and because it just like oh, I I think it is the CGI. It, it is the level of like a PlayStation Four game, like so. It just kept reminding me of like that, like this generation of like consoles, and I was just like, mm-hmm. and then he uh, and then but, he dies, right? Then yeah. he dies too. But like, so yeah, to the point I was gonna make was like, if you'd got to the end of a game, and that is how you had to defeat the last boss. It's quite disappointing, right? <laughs> I, I would say that that would sum up the the film in some ways, but then I suppose in other ways, I did think it looked bad, but I didn't like. I didn't see the trailer, which uh, um, I just looked at the what's it called the you know the the cover. I looked at the cover on Google. I just googled it and saw the cover and thought it's going to be disappointing. 
I sort of <laughs> felt like. And also, I didn't even hear uh, the song "Season of the Witch" at all in the movie. But I am. I, I thought I, I found a Lana Del Rey cover of that song. Wow! Have you heard? Yeah, I think Lana Del Rey covered "Season of the Witch" by Donovan for um for that movie because I found her song. But then in the movie, it's not even there, and that would have at least made it a bit better to hear <laughs> to hear the song. And sung by Lana Del Rey. Well, it she, is quite a good cover. She she sung it for this movie. It well, it, I had that idea, but then it <laughs> can't. You know, maybe she didn't. Of course, two thousand eleven was she yeah. around then? I don't know. Was she... I'm not sure. Well, that would have been fantastic if she did. Cause... <clears throat> yeah. Well, if not, she's got a cover of it, so maybe that's why she did it after. That makes sense. But at least could have used Donovan's cover. It could have just been a biopic of Do- Donovan with Cage playing Donovan. <laughs> That would be better, Season of the Witch. I was going to do a cover for you, Season of the Witch, but um, I just, I learned it. And then I was like, it's just a weird song. And uh, I didn't get around to it. But I, I did write half a cover of a different song with Nicolas Cage lyrics for you, which I'll either send to you or I might play for a bit. Perfect. Yeah. That is that is exactly what we want. Uh, with this film, like, you've already said you would recommend this, right? You would, you would. You would I would say well, I would say watch it, but it's like it's super bad. And only you know, if you've got other things to do, like the washing up, just do that instead. Yeah, I would say unless you're a cage completist like myself, yeah. D- don't bother. Uh I've actually uh gotten a quote from a gentleman on IMDB. Uh his <laughs> his, his, his name jumped out to me. His name is Dick Steele. Um, and and this is his closing point on the film. Under Dominic Senna's vision, you'd know what to expect when you scan through the resume. Be responsible for the flicks like Whiteout, Swordfish, and yet another Nicolas Cage starrer in Gone in 60 Seconds. They're no (laughs) more than guilt trips with potential not lived up to. So don't expect a classic or a masterpiece, but at least, but best, entertainment that will struggle to satisfy the jaded audience. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, that guy, that guy is jaded. He was a dick then and he's a dick still. <laughs> his, his, like, th- this is a small quote from a, a lengthy uh review of the film yeah kind kind of like telling telling the general public basically that we're all like we expect too much from this film and i don't think we do i don't don't, don't think so from watching it like it's like i i totally understand films are films are hard to make and obviously there's scripts never turn out as the way that they're Sure, sure. Supposed to be, but at the same time, this is this is vastly disappointing considering the caliber of actors we have on screen and the subject matter we have. Just kind of like that that sandbox to play in is fantastic. Like, it's... yeah, you're right. You're right. It is hugely disappointing. <laughs> it's... So we've talked about scores, Joe, and there's a way that I actually score Nicolas Cage films. Uh, okay. Which is um, either free, free, free point system scoring, 
Uh, totally of my own making. It, it doesn't add up to numbers. And I, I don't even know what it tells me yet. I'm just kind of <laughs> answering these questions as I go along. And then I guess at the end, I'll figure out like maybe like a moment of divine intervention. Maybe God will speak to me and send me on a crusade to to, to do what I need to do. But it's, it's just three simple questions. And the first one is, does Nick have bad hair in this movie? Well, that is actually quite tough because I'd never seen his hair like that. Yes, he has bad hair. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it, though. Yeah, well, from watching The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which like was his film previous to this. Right. Well, I was like... Again, this was supposed to come out in 2010. So, like, it could have been the one it, that this could have been shot before that. He has, very, he has very similar hair. Um, and yeah, my, se- my second point that I go by is does Nicolas Cage have a crazy voice at all? Obviously, we think of like he, he is known for doing these, cra- yeah. like, just voices that almost come from another planet. Uh, the the answer is no. He doesn't have a crazy Nick voice in it. It's 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 disappointing, right? It's very like yeah, yeah. I really was thinking about it. I, mean, I might have said it a minute ago, but I was thinking, I was watching it, thinking he hasn't even raised his voice, which at least get him to shout at people because that's always brilliant. And then, as I said it, he, as I thought it, sorry, he did shout once, but that was the only time. It's, yeah. Yeah. You get excited. I got. I, I'm not sure about you. I got. I got excited at that moment. It's when. Yeah. So. He's decided he's going to kill the 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 girl. The witch. Where, yeah. yeah. They're, they're transporting. Exactly. And yeah. It's, it's like, a great moment. Oh, like, you think he's yeah. going to go psycho? Yeah. <laughs> and there was so much opportunity at the end. Like if it was, if this was like some kind. If at the end he went full rage cage, like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If, if they kept the monks coming like the crazy 88 in like Kill Bill, like, it was, I don't know, it's quite lukewarm that there's probably about three monks. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they're all they're all really they're all really old men to begin with before they yeah. died. Now now they've got with the plague. Now they're zombies. I mean, they're not going to they're going to touch Cage. So, yeah, no, he hasn't got he hasn't got the voice. And then the last point is and and I'm quite I, I know going into this question, I'm going to be disappointed because I know the answer. <laughs> but is do we get a Nick Cage freakout? Obviously, a man who is renowned for a for a real pot, like boil over in a film. <laughs> you know I mean, like a, a pot really boiling over. Yeah, yeah, his juicy, juicy freaks out. No, there isn't. There isn't any of that, man. This is I, no. Does that mean that this is scored basically a zero on the cageometer of yours, isn't it? Because surely the answers, I don't know, like you say, but the answer of good hair wants to be yes. Normally, yeah, yeah. Like from You what... want that to be a yes, don't you? I mean, that's an attractive thing. I'm going to watch this movie with Nick Cage in. Has he got good hair in it? No. Well, maybe I won't watch it. Well, normally, like, it, it could be two things. It's either, like, the good hair is a sign that, the film has budget. Do you know what I mean? It's like that thing of, you know, you know, you know, when artists ask for ludicrous demands, like uh, musicians, when like when Elton John will be like, I, I, I want a, I want a pony painted pink in my dressing room before I play. 
it, it, it's known. It's known to. It's known that that is not a matter of he actually wants a pony, but it's like if you have managed to go to the detail of reading my like checklist of things I want, mm-hmm. and you've got that right, then I'm going to be at ease that you're going to look after me and that like the technical specs we've sent through that you've got all of that right. That the venue. I yeah, I understand that. So the good hair is is uh, so, yeah, that's a telling. Yeah, it's a it's a telling sign that the film's got the budget. Like, because obviously his ha- his hair is going like w- like a, a real low point in his career is the film Next. It is like a jumped up straight to di- no well, no straight to like TV movie. That is, <laughs> I like, haven't seen it. And he has hair which has been parodied and memed where it genuinely looks like he's got an eagle atop of his head. <laughs> Great stuff. I'm going to be looking at that. <laughs> so, Would that be good hair or bad hair, though? That's bad that's, hair. It's bad, that's bad it, hair. It's really right. bad hair. It's really Right, bad. okay. Okay. Yeah. And yes. Then, and then, like, this film isn't coming, like, coming up for a while yet, but we look at something like Mandy, just because it's fresh in my mind. Yeah. Not bad hair at all. Fucking no. fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very cool hair, really. Yeah, cool hair. Yeah. Like, I see where you're bit, going with it, man. The crazy voice as well. The crazy voice is normally a sign that we're getting, <laughs> at least like we're getting something, even if it's a glimmer of something, even if there's like, there will be moments where he pulls some line out of the bag that makes you, if you weren't paying attention, you go, whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? Like... <laughs> Where's he gone with that? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you get a line from Cage that sounds like it's from another movie, you're like, oh, this is exciting. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this, it's, I don't know, it's like he recorded his dialogue and then they turned it right down in the mix. Yeah, it's tepid. Uh, Before I let you go, Joe, I just wanted to talk about, like, there's there's one moment, I don't don't know why I want to talk about it, but there is a moment, like, of a, a sword fight between Robert Sheehan's character and Ron Perlman's character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. That in that moment, for me, like all I could think about, and this film does it a lot, it makes you think about other films. So for me, in that moment, all I could think about was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> I, 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 the Black Knight sequence. <laughs> right, I know, I know exactly what you mean, man. That it was that was such a bad moment of the film as well because it, it went back to your sort of buddy cop thing as well. You've got like a kid who wants to join the gang, yeah. you know, and he's like he's he's cussed the senior figure of the mob, and now he has to have a beating. I can, I can. <laughs> Man, what's the guy called from uh, Misfits? I keep calling him Misfits guy. Robert Sheehan. Robert Sheehan, yeah. Robert Sheehan, man. Bless him. Bless him. That was Python-esque, wasn't it? Yeah, there's so many There's so many points where it, it does hearken to other films where you're like, oh. And I think if any film does that, unless it's like a knowing gag, like it is it is just a sign of... Like if, 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 if you're reminded of... Monty Python, you're like, I'd much uh, rather be watching the Holy Grail, Monty right? Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Or like, I, I, the last time I watched Buffy, I was a, like a prepubescent boy with uh-huh. like a pro, like 
a problem for for hard ons at the most like irresponsible <laughs> moments and like I really fancied Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, he didn't when Buffy was out, man. Everyone did. Of course, but like I haven't watched that since then, and like even like this film, I was going, oh, I might. I'd rather be sticking on season one, <laughs> episode one box set right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I really liked Buffy, definitely, and not just because of Sarah Michelle, um, but I actually did like it. I loved that shit man that was like, oh yeah yeah was... I, I i loved it but like the fact that i'm being taken away you'd rather like... watch that now than season of the witch yeah th- definitely i what i mean that's a recommendation don't watch season of the witch just watch buffy season one just... yeah, it, even even watch the very bad buffy the vampire slayer movie that came <laughs> out before that like came out years before like yeah like not even with Sarah michelle Keller. watch that watch that like and I yeah I, I like I hate to I hate to shit on films but this one like yeah I think the reason I feel disappointed is I yeah as we've said like throughout this it there was so much potential for so 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 much good yeah in it yeah what so what have we learned about Cage in this film what is it that that around this time he was struggling like money like money. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, something I've I've learned a lot is just just by looking at, um, go like having the hiatus that I did on this podcast and coming back is I was halfway through his discography, but I'd managed to get up to two thousand and nine. So in the space of ten years, Nicolas Cage has released half of the films. Oh my! Ever released. That man, that's pretty magnificent. Yeah, but... we're talk- we're talking about a man who is like close to a thirty-year career. <laughs> he was really just having a lot of fun way back in the day, and now he's like, "Oh, I got to get to work." It is true, though. You know, didn't he say? Sorry, didn't he say something along the lines of when someone asked him why he does so many movies? Did did he reply in some way like? Uh, he said, well, I'm an actor, you know. No one has to go at football players when they play too many games or something like that. I think he might have said something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I might be wrong. And I kind of agree with him. I kind of agree with him. But, he's, but I mean, he's not a football player. He's an actor. So I massively agree with him as well. And, like, regardless of what his reasons are, whether they're financial or... You, ne- I guess you never know what is going to be a hit and what's going to be a miss. So it's better yeah, to sure. spread your bets, and maybe you'll get a bit of a like return as opposed to like not 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 placing the bet at all and go, still going home, not having yeah. had the risk, and uh-huh. not ha- having the win or the like. Do you know what I mean? In that sense, it's inspiring. In that sense, the film can be inspiring, and Cage is inspiring for it. Yeah, yeah. A win and a lose both emit an a, an emotion that like is some kind of joy. In even when you like, yeah, even if you take that gamble and lose, it's still yeah. a rush. It's still a rush. Yeah, because absolutely. You, because you know, like, it's probably it's probably like humbling for someone like Cage and that he can like he can do a real stinker of a movie, then it's like, ah, oh, the expectation's off. 
Yeah, yeah. If you're a Leonardo DiCaprio, like, really, really, like... Sure, yeah, sure. Really, like, do you know what I mean? Like, testing out, oh, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to do that. Like, very, very picky about his choices. You're, it's, it's just gonna be racked with anxiety constantly because you're gonna be like how how can i live up to django unchained oh, i'm gonna have, yeah I'm gonna have to do this i'm gonna have to only work with like the top tier directors do you know what i mean like leonardo dicaprio has just pigeoned himself in the yeah, pigeonholed himself in the fact that he can only work with quentin tarantino uh, yeah and, yeah the elite yeah, yeah 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 and and martin scorsese like He's not really going to branch out unless somebody like resurrects Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, and Cage is going out there putting bets down. Like, I'm pretty sure if if I man if I if I could if I could rustle up ten k, <laughs> man, we should do it. <laughs> we should do it. Come on, <laughs> the Kickstarter's going live now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh if, man. I'm sure if 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 like you've got a decent like that that's why I like him. He's very he's very much in the same ilk as Danny Trejo. But they Danny will Trejo. say they will say yes to anything, and it sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. But when it pays off, it's good. Oh yeah. But when it doesn't, it's season of the witch. But <laughs> that's perfectly put, man perfectly put well joe it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the podcast but before i let you go you obviously host tonight with bob and joe Um, that's correct you guys have recently come out of a similar length hiatus Um, yeah 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 man i mean almost the same really (laughs) with with your second second season of tonight with bob and joe could you please explain to people what this kind of new avenue of the podcast sure. is? Yeah, sure. Well, firstly, it's because um, the podcasting world isn't the same without you, Petros. We did, we, <laughs> we were out. But um, what what our new <laughs> our new season is about? It's called Bob and Joe's Infinite Pub Crawl. So it's it's what it sounds like. We we wanted to drink in every single pub in Brighton. Uh, that was the goal, and so we we tried to do it, you know. And we took we took our mics out, and we went to every single pub, and we recorded, you know, a bit in each one, maybe about half an hour. And each episode's probably got about four to five pubs in it. We've got about twelve episodes recorded so far. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's what that is. It's it really is just me and Bob sat in the pub talking about the pub probably but generally as you can imagine by the end of the show it's hard to tell what either of us are talking about really <laughs> I, I mean I, I listened back to, to it I listened back to it the other day and I was like oh my god like what, what, what is this stuff um we've actually got a, we've actually got another venture that we're that we all spoke about um once upon a time called do your best you yes, remember yes that 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 um yeah, Bob. Um, many of you will remember Bob because he became somewhat of a a, um, a stalwart on 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 the Cajun podcast, being my my right hand man at, at times when I needed when I needed a guest. Bob was like Petros. He's got a Nicholas Cage film and he's got beer. 
I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bob, Bob, Bob has told me, told me very much about it. Yes. So we're gonna, we're gonna, um, we've realised that of course we can't do as much as we want. We can't go out into the woods really with um, a scoutmaster and do like the more exciting camping styled badges, but we can do badges you know indoors there are there are other badges to get things like the art badge or the community badge yeah, or the so, science badge so the uh do your best podcast is an idea that all three of us have had kicking around that's right for, for very many years which is a adult version of the scouts in which week to week <laughs> we try and get the badges that is normally reserved for for boys at the age of 12. But yeah, we're yeah. going to see if, if yeah. three men in their uh, like late 20s to early 30s can manage <laughs> to do that whilst consuming alcohol. And Yeah, that's exactly it. So, um, What would happen? Will it make us better people for society or will we I think, still be the reprobates I think it, we are? I think, uh, I think both of those things it will do. I think it will make us better people. I mean, I looked at some of these... You know, there's one called like the art badge, and I looked at that, and I read it up, and it said you have to design and draw a character. You know, do the front cover of your journal. Um, and I thought I actually haven't done these things before. <laughs> I mean, I've I've drawn a lot of pictures or whatever, you know, but I've never done these specific ones, and they do seem like the real basics. So I think there's something to it, and if you're willing to soon in the next few weeks, we'll, me, you, and Bob will get together and get that damn art badge, man. Perfect. Well, that's that. That's an exclusive here for all of you guys. Uh, look out for Do Your Best. Uh, Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, it's been great, podcast. man. Yeah, it's been great to be here. Take care, man. Well, wasn't that fantastic? Uh, thanks again to Joe for being on the podcast and talking this film with me. So how did the Anagram Hunter do this week with his Anagram? Well, I could very, very, very happily say that I would much rather be watching The Fast Shah Nice. I'm sure it would have been much more entertaining funny and daring than this film it kind of felt like a film that was made by committee and maybe along the way there was something good in there but all the rough edges got taken away and we got this kind of boiled gloopy mess of a stew as opposed to something that could have been great especially with the talent we had on screen and the subject matter we were tackling but it just fell a little bit flat so, you guys, uh, join me next week when I will be talking to Todd Farmer, the writer and actor in Drive Angry. Nicolas Cage plays a, from what I know, <laughs> a hell beast driver. And, yeah, the writer has kindly agreed to come talk to me about it. So... It'll kind of be a bit of a mishmash of an episode of a bit of me just kind of talking about the film and then we'll cut to a little interview I'm going to have with him. So, hope to see you next week. And as always, I've been Petrus Patsilovus. You've been amazing. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. I've been caged in. I'm going to stay caged in. We're all going to stay caged in. 
forever and ever and ever till the pandemic gets every last one of us. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.